Hi, welcome. My name is John. I'm Michelle. I'm Amanda. And we founded Up With the Kids Together. Today we're talking about wisdom reading. It's this week's featured lesson. And wisdom reading is an approach to texts, meaning that we can read for information, we can read for fun, and we can also read for transformation. And that's the focus of wisdom reading. It is repetitive, experiential, heart-centered, meditative. Some people might call it scripture study or devotional reading or contemplative reading or divine reading. Any of these terms work. It really is about letting words sink deeply into the heart for the purpose of inner transformation. And so this lesson introduces texts and passages, poetry that can be transformative. And it also introduces approaches to texts that can be transformative. Amanda, any thoughts on this when it comes to your personal experience and view of devotional reading or wisdom reading? In my experience, when it comes to kids, often the reading for pleasure can bleed into transformational reading. We never know which books or characters or texts will just become alive in a child and wake them up and wake them up to a new aspect of themselves. I think about one of my kids during kind of the middle school years, they got really excited about the Divergent series. And it got them thinking about how they have different aspects of themselves inside, and they want to develop all of those aspects. And the stories became a way to really explore their inner world and aspects of self really powerfully. Other kids connect with the story wonder, and it ignites like a sense of compassion and empathy in a new way. So there's a way that story can bring alive aspects of self, aspects of life in a new way for kids. So when it comes to wisdom reading with children, I think it's so important to be expansive in the way we hold it. We may not be able to sit and read the Bhagavad Gita with kids, maybe, but maybe not. And maybe we follow their own rhythm of the texts that are alive and exciting and enlivening for them. Yeah, I like that you're pointing to this balance and this authentic searching for what can transform a kid's life because we do want to find things that are appealing to a kid that they will experience this inner transformation. And we also have a responsibility, I would say, to at least expose our kids to many different timeless texts. And we can sense into when it's just not landing and move on from a text. We don't have to double down and say, we have to get through this, but we can help our kids understand that they're part of a timeless tradition, a human tradition of trying to figure out how to live well. That's what many of these ancient texts do. And it's one reason why people have kept these texts around for so long, you know, whether it be the Bible or the Bhagavad Gita, like you said, or the Tao Te Ching, these books yield insights. And we can be attuned as parents to when an insight is appropriate for each developmental age and when it's not appropriate. On this front at Uplift, we have a wisdom library that has the best of, or at least what 
we find compelling from a variety of wisdom traditions, ancient and more contemporary. So it's a way for families to find an expansive approach to spirituality and to keep some of the stories alive if you resonated with certain stories as a child. You know, hopefully some of these stories are also in the wisdom library. And to see them alongside a fuller context can be really enlivening. I'm glad you mentioned the Wisdom Library because just the other day, my husband, I didn't actually know that he'd been browsing through the Wisdom Library. And he mentioned a story that he'd read on the Uplift Wisdom Library and said that he just noticed how it was staying with him throughout the week and how he kept referencing, like thinking back to it and just like thinking about it. And so I think that's also these texts, whether they're from a wisdom tradition or they're any text that just, it hangs on, it stays with us for a while. There's a beautiful quote by Cynthia Bourgeau that's in our lesson. And it, it says, wisdom is not knowing more, but knowing more of you, knowing deeper, carving and digging your being deeper and deeper so that you can receive more knowing. So again, it's this way that our own lives interact with the text. Yeah, what you're both saying highlights the way wisdom texts and timeless texts are often like seeds. You plant the seed, you put the seed in the ground. We don't know how it will grow inside of our children or inside of ourselves, but we can plant a variety of seeds and expose kids to a lot of different traditions and wisdom. And unexpectedly, sometimes they catch and they flower and bloom. One of my kids around the age of 10, we were reading from the Uplift Library, the story of the Chinese farmer. And we read the story and the child just had a puzzled look on their face. We didn't talk about it a lot. We didn't ask questions. We didn't pull the story apart, but just something caught with this child. And then he later asked to read it again and then to watch a video of Alan Watts telling the story. And it's not something we discuss or have determined a meaning for, but there's something about the story that he that just catches, that he just likes. And who knows how the story will grow and bloom in his life over time, but that's what timeless wisdom is. It's just we don't know what it will become. We don't know how it will grow, but yeah, it's just like a little seed within us. Yeah, it is amazing to see how certain texts can yield fruit at each age, that we can keep returning to certain texts again and again. You know, I was taught, for instance, the parables of Jesus as a child and still find many of them to be immensely powerful in my own life. And so it is fascinating to see how a story can just kind of stay with us and it can yield more fruit as we get older and we can see new insights into these timeless stories. And we can also learn new ways to approach any text, including those from the wisdom traditions, but really any text. There's a podcast called Harry Potter and the Sacred Text by a guy named Casper Terkel, and he uses his own modified version of an approach called Lectio Divina, which is an old approach in the Christian tradition. And the way that he talks about it 
he asks four questions. What's literally happening in the narrative? What allegorical images, stories, songs, or metaphors show up for you? What experiences have you had in your life that come to mind? And what action are you being called to take? It's, again, a modified version. In the Christian contemplative version, there's more silence and reading slowly and just reflecting on what it says rather than being action-oriented necessarily. But in both cases, you can use this approach for wisdom texts and you can use it for texts that might be just thought of as merely for entertainment and reach a level that's deeper through this approach. Yeah, this process can happen that we can use Lectio Divina with wisdom texts, but we might find ourselves just drawn to a certain text and just doing this naturally. And this happened recently in a way that I didn't realize we were watching the new Percy Jackson series. And my daughter was just describing so many details about Greek mythology. And we would find ourselves pausing it and she would describe the background and all the different layers that I don't know. I, I don't know Greek mythology very well. And I was shocked because I didn't know that was something that had caught for her, like in her tween teen year, like early teen years. We have all these books in our home. We try to give exposure to all these things, but I don't always know what's actually catching. So I had no idea she had this whole time period where she was just voraciously consuming Greek mythology and it really stuck. And we'd pause the show and we'd talk about, wow, what does this concept of gods that there's, it's really just this reflection of humans. And we were having all these discussions about this stuff because of the rich text that she had really just been naturally drawn to. And I had no idea. So again, like just giving exposure and then just noticing what lights someone up. I like that you're describing a celebration. And I think that that can be a really good way to go about wisdom reading, which is to follow your passion, follow what lights you up and to pay attention to what lights your kids up. So again, we're saying these two things here, which is one, allowing yourself to be exposed to a wide variety of wisdom texts so you know what is out there. And then two, celebrate when something catches and to pay attention to what something catches and to be willing to move on if something just isn't catching. I and mean, there is no shortage of wisdom texts in the world. And so if you try one thing out, it doesn't quite work. You can move on to try another thing out. And you never know when it will take. And you never know when maybe the thing that didn't take two years ago or four years ago or 10 years ago suddenly takes now. We encourage parents to use this lesson to have both of these experiences, to be exposed to a variety of wisdom texts and to look through our wisdom library. And then also to learn this wisdom approach to texts. Go ahead and check this lesson out. As always, if you like the podcast, we'd love to see a review. And thanks for listening.